All right, we're going to shift gears into a sermon. I hope you've got your seatbelts this morning. Do you have your seatbelts on? Because we're going to be driving very, very fast, all right? So get ready to go fast. And some folks say, well, Cade, you know, you talk fast anyway. Oh, you think I talk fast. Just wait till you hear this sermon. I've got nine points that i got to share with you, all right? And so I'm going to go quickly because we'll have time at the end for business. But we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel 17. And when the Lord revealed this series to me, you know, I, uh, the Holy Spirit series that we just finished uh, was one of those week-to-week series. And it was as if the Lord was just, I'd say, Lord, give me some direction, you know, a week or two from now, please. And he would only give me a week at a time, like daily manna, bread from heaven, just one week at a time. So I said, Lord, please, I know my musicians would love to have some themes to play music around. Please, Lord. And he, he answered. He gave me a sermon series to end the summer and in the fall. So I've got the whole year mapped out. All right. So God just gave me that one morning in my prayer time. I'm not very creative. I don't do really cool titles. But the Lord started giving me all these little phrases. And so I began to write them down. And so two weeks ago was Ezekiel 37. It was wake up. Last week was, was uh, listen up, hear the voice of Jesus. And this week is suit up. And so when I first wrote the series down and was thinking about, oh, I'm sure I'll preach on Ephesians chapter 6. You know, the armor of God and all that. But we'll know we're going to be in 1 Samuel 17. Now, the lead up to 1 Samuel 17 is 1 Samuel 16. And in that chapter, we find two important verses. We find that Samuel, who's the prophet of Israel, goes and anoints David to become the new king of Israel. But there was a problem because there was already an existing king named Saul, but Saul had disobeyed the Lord twice and God had removed his favor. We see from the scriptures, these two verses, and if you've got your bulletin, there's an insert that has these uh, verses. For Samuel 16, 13, in the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. As soon as he was anointed by Samuel, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that's going to dictate everything that happens in chapter 17. Now, then 1 Samuel 16, 14, the next verse, the first part says, now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. God's hand of blessings removed from Saul. God's hand of blessing is placed upon David. And that's what makes all the difference in our passage. 1 Samuel 17. Let me kind of set the stage for the passage. All right. The Israelites are fighting against their enemy, the Philistines. They are on either sides of a hill or mountains. In the middle is a valley called the Valley of Elah. I've been there twice in Israel. It's an amazing place to climb up the mountain and read 1 Samuel 17 together. It's an amazing experience. But I've been there. There's a valley. And every day, this nine-foot giant named Goliath would come down from the Philistine ranks, stand in the middle of the valley, call out to Israel, taunt them, defy them and say, send a man down to fight me. If I beat him, you all serve us. If he beats me, we'll serve you. 40 days, 40 nights, he did that morning and night. No one responded. There's an old, old man named Jesse and the baby of the family was named David and his three oldest brothers were there fighting with Israel. So Jesse sends David with some food to take to his sons and to the commander over them. David shows up at the battlefront and right there he sees Goliath do his usual rant and rave about who's going to come fight me, blah, blah, blah. And David starts asking questions. He says, who is this guy? 
And David creates such a scene, such a contrast from everyone else who's cowering in fear. David is so much more bold and courageous that the word gets back to King Saul. King Saul calls for him. They have a conversation. David says, I'll fight him. King Saul says, no, you're not. You can't do it. David says, yes, I can. This is why. Saul says, okay, go do it. And then David goes into battle and defeats Goliath. Nine lessons from this passage about spiritual warfare, fighting the battles. Oh, church arise, suit up. Number one, the enemy uses fear to keep us from fighting and winning the battles. He uses fear to keep us from fighting and winning the battles. First Samuel 17, verse 11, look there. The Bible says when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Verse 24, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. You know, if the enemy can keep us afraid so that we won't even engage in the battle, we'll never win. And that's the number one tool the enemy uses is fear, worry, anxiety. The enemy uses that against us to keep us from engaging in the battles of life. Number two. I said it's fast. I'm going fast. The Holy Spirit enables us to see things as they really are. Look at 1 Samuel 17, 26. Look at that verse. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now listen. David is no soldier. He is a shepherd. He shows up as the new guy. Everybody else has been there, got their armor, got their swords, got their shields. They're the warriors. They're representing Israel to win the battle. And here is this shepherd who shows up and everybody else is afraid, but he's not. Why? Oh, David's just courageous. No, he's courageous because the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. The Spirit of God gave him courage. He saw things as they really were about Goliath. He sized him up. He didn't see a nine-foot giant. He saw a man who was uncircumcised. That is, he's not of the covenant people of God. He saw a man who was cursing his God by his own false gods. And the zeal of God just was in him to do something about it. He had Holy Spirit boldness. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. That's the Holy Spirit that God gave to David. Number three, the flesh says you can't, but the Spirit says you can. First Samuel 17, look at 30, verses 33 through 36. And David, Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him for you are but a youth and he has been a man of war from his youth. That's the flesh. That's the natural. That's human wisdom that says, you know what? You can't. You can't do it. Don't even try. You can't. But what does David say? David said to Saul, verse 34, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught it, him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Spirit says, yes, 
you can. The flesh, our sin nature, humanity, the enemy says, be afraid, you can't do it. But the Spirit of God says, yes, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength, that nothing is too difficult for God. Number four, though we will fight different battles in our lives, we have the same great God who is able to deliver us. Look at verse 37. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. David was not going to back down. Different battles that David had fought in his life, but the same God who had delivered him from every single prior encounter. And know this, whether it's cancer, whether it's financial problems, Alzheimer's, uh, the loss of a loved one, a wayward child, a family member who needs Jesus, uh, whatever it is, whatever battles we face, trials we face, it's the same God that we serve, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Church, know this, same God, he can deliver us, put our trust in that God. Number five, we are not to fight our battles with worldly weapons. We are not to fight our battles with worldly weapons. Look at verses 38 and 39 of chapter 17. Then Saul clothed David with his armor, He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor and he tried in vain to go for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these for I have not tested them. So David put them off. You see, Saul said, if you're going to fight against a real warrior like Goliath, you need some armor. You need some weapons. That's how it's supposed to happen. That's how the fight is supposed to be. But David says, no, I can't use these weapons. I can't wear this armor. I haven't tested them. This is not who I am. I can't use these things to fight. I'm not supposed to fight with these weapons, and I'm not going to. And he takes them off. There's a spiritual principle here, I believe, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 and 4, says this, For though we walk in the flesh... We are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. There was a stronghold of fear in the camp of Israel. And there was divine power that could destroy the stronghold of fear that Goliath had over all the people of God. And that stronghold could be destroyed by the word of God. What are our weapons? Our weapons are the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, who is the Word of God. That's our weapon number one. Weapon number two is that we pray. That's another weapon that we have. Number three is faith in God, faith in God's promises. And number four is the Holy Spirit himself, his power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Number six, we are to believe that God is our strength And our battle trainer. Look at verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. This is unthinkable. The king lets him go into battle. Certain slaughter would happen. This teenage shepherd walks into battle with a wooden staff and a sling and rocks. It's incredible. But you see, David knew who his God was. David had already been trained by God to fight this battle. He had been tested. We know this from Psalm 18. 
In Psalm 18, David is looking back over God's faithfulness in his life, how God had delivered him from King Saul. Because later in the story, Saul is going to come after David with terrible jealousy and try to kill David, thus securing his own throne. Yet David is victorious over even King Saul. He writes these words in Psalm 18, 1 through 3. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. It's not just calling upon the Lord in prayer. That's also a powerful weapon. It's also praise. Praise is a powerful weapon that you can use against the enemy. He called upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, knowing that God is rock would deliver him. Go to the end of the chapter, Psalm 18, verse 28. Notice how much credit he gives to God. He says, for it is to you, it is you who, lamp, who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. And by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? The God who equipped me with the strength and made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand supported me and your gentleness made me great. It was God who trained that shepherd, David, when he was out in the wilderness, looked down upon by his brothers. I mean, the story's pretty clear. So Samuel comes to anoint the next king. All he knows is it's the son of Jesse. Well, there's eight sons. He sees all seven of the sons so far, and God says, none of them are the next king. He says, do you have another son? Oh, yeah, there's another son. It's just David. He's out in the you know, shepherd, you know. <laughs> just, just David, you know. That's God's man. You may say, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, normal person or whatever. You're God's man. You're God's woman. You're son of God, you're child of God. I mean, you have power through the Holy Spirit. David knew who he was in the power of God. He had that trust, that faith, that God had trained his hands for war, that he was just as much a warrior as King Saul. He knew it. And he walked in the power of the Spirit, right? Not to his death, but he walked to victory. Number seven, we are to ignore enemy lies. And speak the truth out loud. Look at verses 43 through 47. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down. I will cut off your head and I will give the dead bodies of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. And so I'm standing there on the the mountain looking over the valley of Allah. And my pastor, my mentor is reading this passage. He says, whoa, man, that's good stuff. That's some good Old Testament smack talk right there. 
I mean, just smack. I mean, just, I mean, it's taunting. It's talking smack. I mean, the Philistine comes at him and says, you're a dog. Who am I? You know, what are you going to do? I'm going to feed you to the birds. David ignores what he says. And David speaks out loud. Listen, when the devil comes at you, when your thoughts come at you, when those lies come at you, you speak God's word out loud. Now, I've heard it said, you don't want to pray out loud because the devil will know what you're praying. Let him know what you're praying. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Don't give the devil any more credit than he deserves. Speak that word out loud. That rhema word of faith. Trust in God. Speak his word out loud. Speak it. Declare who you are in Christ. Speak that word to the lies of the devil. And you'll be victorious through Jesus, through his word. Number eight, we must ground our entire hope in the name of the one we are fighting in and then the one the battle truly belongs to. This is clear from verse 45, 46, and 47. He says, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you with my slingshot because I'm so bad. No. He says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. It's an awesome name of God right there. The God of the armies of Israel. You know what Lord of hosts means? It means the Lord of heaven's armies. Awesome name of God. Whom you've defied. Listen, buddy. He says, you've defied the Lord of heaven's armies. Get ready. It's on. Get ready. You've defied my God. And he is a warrior. He is the God of the armies of heaven. He had total faith and trust in God. He grounded his hope in God's glory, his power. Verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my, not might, he will. Verse 47b, for the battle is mine. No, he says the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. Jerry Vines is a well-known Southern Baptist pastor. He once said, we don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. The battle's already won. Jesus paid it all on the cross. The battle is won. The book has been written. At the end of the book, Jesus wins. He is King of kings and Lord of lords, and we shall reign with him forever, the Bible says. We fight from victory, not for victory. From victory. Amen. Give me an amen. All right, I like that. Woo. All right, number nine, last point. That's your cue, worship team. All right. We're professionals here, very professional. <clears throat> All right. Instead of seeing ourselves as the hero, we need to remember who we are in the story and who the real hero is. I almost did this terrible exegetical fallacy. It's a big phrase, as I know, but I almost did a, you know, a rah-rah sermon about how we're David and we're going to win and all that. And really, though, let's be honest. If I'm going to look at this passage through Christocentric lenses through the lenses of Jesus Christ in the gospel. Here's the truth. We're not David. By ourselves. We're Israel. That's who we are in the story. We're cowering in fear. We're running away. We're failing God. We're doing wrong. We're not standing up. We're in the flesh. We're in the natural. We're afraid. We fail. We fall short of God. Yet there is one, the son of David as he called himself, that stood in the power of the Spirit before the enemy, 
defeats the devil and delivers us forever through his death. Jesus destroyed the devil who has the power of death, Hebrews 2, 14. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 5, 4. For everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our own strength, no, our faith. The victory is the fact that we have been born of God. And if we're born of God, we're saved, we're born again, we overcome the world and the victory of us overcoming the world is made known through our trust in Jesus. He is the hero of the story. We're not David. David is a type of Jesus and Jesus is in this passage and we're gonna follow him if we're gonna win. We're going to leave our hiding place and we're going to go stand beside our Lord Jesus Christ and let him fight the battles for us. He'll bring us along. He'll be our strength. He'll train our hands. He'll show us how to deflect the enemy's lies. He'll show us how to take the word of God and use the word of God. And Jesus Christ promises his Holy Spirit to give us the power to see the truth as it is. Church, it's because of Jesus that we can and we will overcome 